friends, and welcome to episode 25 of Yins Are Good. I am your host, Tressa Glover, and this podcast is a place where you can come to hear some good news, to hear about folks who are helping others, who are encouraging others, who are making good things happen. And where do we get this good news? Why, from you, of course. So please keep telling us about times when people have made your life better in some way. After all, that is how we're going to keep this podcast party rolling with your stories, with your words of gratitude. And you can share them with us, you know how, uh, by voicemail, 1-833-399-GOOD, or send us an email, yinsaregood at gmail.com. But also, you can always send us a story, tell us some things via our social media, either on Instagram or Facebook. We are at Yins Are Good. Also, you can come and meet us and tell us a story in person. And it looks like we have another meet and greet coming up. It will be. I do feel like I'd like a drum roll here. Or wait, how about... Mm, that's, that was a little shorter than I had hoped. No real tension building there. Okay, I'll work on that. But yes, we have been invited to the Swissvale Edible Garden Tour on Saturday, August 7th. Hooray! So this tour um, runs August 6th through the 8th, actually, and it's going to be awesome. You can learn more about it at Swissvale. Dot org that's s w i s s v a l e dot org so yins are good is going to be there at a table in a tent we will be stationed there in some fashion and uh fingers crossed we'll be recording live for a future episode our first real try at this to uh, record everything live there. So please do mark your calendars, August 7th. I'll have more details in our next episode. And I also want to give a shout out to our friends at When She Thrives. So you may remember uh, when founder Tiffany Huff Struthers was on the show and she mentioned some upcoming events. Well, on August 8th, this is a busy weekend coming up here. Um, on August 8th at 4.30 p.m. will be their annual celebration and awards ceremony. Why did I say ceremony like that? I don't know. They will be bringing women in our community together for some good eats, some recognition for a book launch, and also some fundraising. And you can find out more about that at whensheathrives.org. So that's going to be awesome too. So hey, that weekend... You can go to the Edible Garden Tour, and then we have When She Thrives on that Sunday at 4.30. So much fabulous stuff going on here in Pittsburgh. But let's talk about what's going on right now in this episode. You're going to hear uh, my fabulous chat with Shannon Haldeman and Ellen Gauss from Scent with Love. And scent is spelled S C. E-N-T. It's an organization that collects flowers from weddings and events and donates them to Pittsburgh places in need. Scent, S-C-E-N-T. See what they did there? Mm -hmm. 
Shannon is the founder, uh, and Ellen has been volunteering with them since 2019. And I want to say, too, this organization is a great example of one of the many ways that we can bring joy to others, how we can perhaps, you know, change a person's day by making them smile, by letting them know that they are appreciated. And also Shannon shares notes of gratitude that she's received from some of the recipients of their flowers. So those will uh, be the stories that you'll be hearing today, kind of a two-for-one conversation there. And of course, name that neighborhood. Don is back, my Yinzers. He is back. Who knows what will unfold? Uh, But we will find out soon enough. So let's get to it all right now. Without further ado, let's get to the good stuff. And just one note before we get into my chat with Shannon and Ellen of Scent with Love. Uh, We were having some connectivity slash audio issues throughout our call, but I'm happy to say that we persevered and the three of us got through it. So I wanted to give a little shout out here to Shannon and Ellen. Thank you again. Uh, for your patience as we got through that. And actually, I think listeners, um, you may not notice much of an issue. I think the one thing that you may pick up on is that my voice is a little more muffled, perhaps, or a little softer than usual, but Shannon and Ellen sound great. Uh, All right, wonderful. So here it is for you. It's so great to talk with both of you. And for our listeners, too, just as we jump in here, but um, Ellen has listened to the show and actually had reached out to us before, um, just saying that, you know, you had enjoyed the show and recently that you did go to Cafe on the Corner. I did. Yeah, it was a great place to to visit, good food, and I was just really pleased to have heard about a local business in a podcast. I'm like, oh, look, and they got more customers because of it. So cycle of life. Yes, I love it. Exactly. So yeah, let's, as I said, jump in here. If if you'd like to start, um, Shannon, Ellen, um, but just tell us a little bit about you, about yourselves. Yeah, so um, my name's Shannon. I grew up in Pittsburgh my whole life. I went to uh, IUP and then I got my master's from Pitt. Um, I've been a pretty active member in the community, part of Big Brothers Big Sisters for five years. And then recently, I actually moved out to San Diego in April and am still running Scent with Love, just a few hours behind and across the country. (laughs) But yeah, I have always been a Pittsburgher at heart and I I am missing it. But, you know, things change. (laughs) New adventures (laughs) for the time being. I'm so sorry, though, you have to deal with the awful weather in San Diego. Oh, yeah, it's just terrible. I mean, yeah. these blue skies every day. I don't, I don't know what to do with uh, them. Oh, actually, you probably don't. <laughs> Coming from Pittsburgh, like, what does this mean? Yeah, it is. It's crazy. Like, people are wearing, like, coats, and it's, like, 60 degrees, and I'm like, what? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> uh, and Ellen, tell us a little bit about yourself, too. 
Yeah, I'm also a lifelong Pittsburgher. I went to North Hills. That's where my family still lives. And I went to Duquesne University. I currently live in the Spring Hill neighborhood. I work for the Allegheny Conference on Community Development. Um, I also refer to myself as a serial volunteer because I volunteer with a number of organizations like Animal Friends and 412 Food Rescue and a few others. So always looking for how the good can be spread around. Mm. Shannon, how did Scent with Love get started? Yeah, so I um, and that was at the age where everyone was getting married. I had about like 12 weddings in 2018, I think. Um, just absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Um, but I went to a wedding where the couple was actually living in Hawaii at the time. And um, that night, they were like, oh, everyone take flowers. Like, we're just going to have to throw them away. We obviously can't take them home with us. And I was working at uh, Montefiore Hospital at the time. And I was like, oh, I'll just take them and bring them to work and, you know, put them in my car, like had had some people help me load them in. And I was like, the, the light bulb went on. And I was like, I can do this. Um, you know, I, I did some research and there wasn't much of you know, the business of recycling and repurposing flowers here in Pittsburgh. So yeah, I just had the idea to kind of go about starting to contact some uh, venues and kind of say like, Hey, if you guys have any flowers left over from weddings, I'll be happy to pick them up. And, you know, that kind of spiraled into talking to event planners and, but yeah, I started just locally driving around, um, making plans with some venues that they had leftover flowers and picking them up. Um, and yeah, kind of skyrocketed from there. Wow. And so as you're saying, it was just you. Yeah, it was <laughs> just me. Just, yeah. Um, for the first summer, uh, I was going out, you know, every, basically every Friday and Saturday night, um, a lot of venues actually require you to have their flowers or like everything out by that evening. So it was a lot of late nights, you know, up until like 1am driving to from like downtown to the North Hills to, you know, shady side, um, and just picking up these flowers and then donating them within 24 hours is kind of what we've been trying to stick to. Yeah. And I, and what a testament to, you were talking about that helping others and volunteering, but that idea too, that if you have an idea, even when you are only one person to start, you can, you can do it. It could, you know, it could seem overwhelming or we you know, Oh, where would I even start? But you just start with the first call. Yeah. It, it just really took off. I mean, I was doing it by myself and then I think I launched my social media page like after the first or second pickup and just got a lot of hits. The other thing was just tagging like some of the local, like I, I remember my first drop off was to the Ronald McDonald house and the Mario Lemieux children's home. And, um, you know, they would repost, the flowers in their lobby and that's kind of when people started reaching out to me about you know this is great like how can we help how can I volunteer sort of thing mm -hmm. it does make such sense I mean even thinking from my own wedding but yes all of the others uh you know when when you're guests and how much you know the oh the flowers are beautiful and knowing what is usually spent on flowers as well Exactly. Uh, right. And you're thinking, oh, my gosh, after one day, what are what are we all doing? 
Um, and so it does make such sense. Another play on words with the sense with love. I <laughs> yeah. love that, by the way. I know. Um, the big thing I always say is that it's like, scent with love is blooming around Pittsburgh. So uh, like, it's my big pun that I always use. <laughs> I love it. And, and so then, Ellen, how did you become involved? So I think I reached out to Shannon in the summer of 2019 after seeing some of the local coverage of Scent with Love. And I emailed and said, how can I be involved? And she let me know that they were setting up the schedule for the coming months. And so I would pick the weddings that were going to be closest to where I live. And I thought prior to getting involved, I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I'm a person that I have a car, I have a house, I have a place to put these things. So I absolutely had the ability to help. So why wouldn't I? Um, Shannon mentioned that it's, it's late nights because we pick up the flowers after the reception has ended. So you're there like 1030 and 11 hauling everything away and taking it back to your house and then holding on to it until the organization that's going to receive it says like, okay, you can bring them in on Monday and so and so at the front desk will take them for you. So I was really excited about the opportunity to get involved with another um, volunteer organization. And I, I love the um, concept too of like, okay, this is recycling, they would otherwise be thrown away. And these things are so beautiful. They spent enough money on them. They brought so much joy to the guests of that wedding. Why not continue uh, the folks that get to see all of that beautiful effort that went into it and also know that they were thought of um, to receive them afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, and you did mention already a couple of the recipients, you know, the Ronald McDonald House and the Children's Home at the Lemieux Family Center. But what are some other, you know, organizations or, or places where, you know, these flowers have gone to live on for a little bit? Uh, yeah, so we actually, um, in the beginning, we're doing a lot more nursing homes. Uh, with COVID, it definitely kind of shut that down for a minute. But um, yeah, a lot of the nursing homes, a lot of the food banks, I mean, who doesn't love like a f hot meal with a fresh bouquet of flowers? It was like the perfect combination. Um, mm -hmm. And then we were doing a lot of women's shelters. Um, Ellen actually has found a variety of nonprofits and organizations that I've never even heard of at the time. And, you know, it has brought, I don't know, Ellen, if you want to <laughs> touch upon those ones. Yeah, so we've, uh, like she said, we typically go to nursing homes in the past year, they were not as uh, welcoming to those outside items. And so taking them to different women's shelters, but I wanted to make sure I was taking them to different places that hadn't received them before. I was doing a lot of Trader Joe's pickups, and I always took them to the children's home because it was on my way out of the neighborhood. But I thought, well, there's more places that could need or like receive the joy of these flowers. And so I would actively look for different organizations or as I was driving around oddly enough, as I was doing like a 412 food rescue and just paying attention to my surroundings and seeing what was going on. So one that I found was the Onala recovery center on West Carson street, which is um, addiction recovery services. So I took some flowers there. I recently took some to Eden's farm, which is an organization I know through the CEO and founder, but that's another women's shelter and uh, social services organizations. And I wanted to mention also now, when obviously volunteering, because Ellen, that's how you are involved. And so if someone's listening and right now they're like, well, wait, I can do that. You know, I don't mind later nights and I have room and I can help out. Uh, what would that look like or what, you know, 
what would that look like for someone or where can they go to learn more about that? Yeah. So um, we do have a website. It's swlflowers.com. And you can either contact us via the website or um, the email is swlflowers at gmail.com or also Instagram or Facebook. I guess any of honestly the platforms, <laughs> but um, yeah, basically like people will just reach out and say they want to get involved and I'll kind of give them, you know, kind of how it's run. Um, and then there will be a sign up sheet with all the days that are available for pickups. Um, and I don't know if that got cut out earlier, but as I was saying, we got a call from Trader Joe's in the mid pandemic where they had asked if we would be available to pick up flowers four days a week. Um, and it's all their flowers that aren't bought or they had ordered too much and they're all in beautiful condition. Sometimes people are picking up like over a hundred bouquets a day. Um, Ah. And that has really, you know, kind of helped us through the pandemic um, to still be spreading that sunshine and really showing people we care. But yeah, those days are always available to be signed up at. And those are a little bit more lenient because it's basically anytime in the day that they can go and pick them up from the Trader Joe's in East Liberty. Um, And then the weddings are a little bit more um, limited with the times that people have to be there and kind of what to prepare for. Wow. Trader Joe's. I love that. So they reached out to you and Mm -hmm. that even, I, yeah, I know for some of our listeners, you know, they probably are thinking, Oh, so I could just, you know, when I plan my trip to Trader Joe's say, Hey, I could do this at the same time, pick up some flowers and, and help out. That's awesome. And we'll include, um, you know, your, your website and your social media info in our show notes as well for everyone to take a look at. Um, Now, Mike, when we were talking about different recipients and are there any kind of, have you ever, you know, gotten notes or emails or of of thanks from people or those groups? Um, Is there anything you might want to share in that way of what, the response has been? Yeah, I actually have like a few um, they were emails or just like social media, little comments, but really some that have made this whole experience much more rewarding. Um, you know, you walk into these places and like you have all these flowers all the time and then you just see the people's reactions and you're like, oh, this is why we do this. You know, it's not just like mm-hmm. a task. It's, it's the actual experience of changing someone's whole mood or outlook for the even just an hour or the day but um one of the ones I got said you know we were in children's home here with our son last year and the beautiful flowers helped make a difference between a total totally clinical setting and feeling like we were in a lovely home so nice to enjoy the bouquets when taking a break away from the hospital um Mm. just like and then let's see the person, oh, I really appreciate the sentiment and thoughtfulness of these flowers with everyone so busy. It's very special for people to take time and share such wonderful acts of kindness as I've been a cancer survivor for 10 years. It really makes me feel special. I think people just don't realize, you know, how I think like one, just like a simple bouquet of flowers can really brighten, brighten their days. Yeah. And actually two um, instances that I think of is when I started taking to nursing homes, um, one of them had shared with me, they typically get typically get 
funeral flowers after the fact. So they really mm. appreciated getting something that was brighter, more celebratory and joyful. And I did a wedding pickup recently and I took the flowers to Hillman Cancer Center as the bride had requested for them to go there in honor of her dad who had passed two years ago. And she wanted um, the flowers to be in memory of him and then also to take um, that joy to the people who took such good care of him, the nurses and staff at Hillman Cancer Center. So she felt very strongly like her dad still got to be a part of her day by having oh. flowers go to Hillman. Oh, that is so lovely. That's, I'm tearing up over here in a good way, <laughs> in such a good way. Um, it's so lovely. And it's, you know, in a, in a similar sense um, on this podcast, when I, you know, say to our listeners, you know, ask them to share stories of times when someone made their life better. And sometimes I had people get in touch and say, I have a story, but I don't know if it's, you know, big enough or important enough. And I say, wait a minute. You know, I say, remember, there's nothing too big or too small. Mm -hmm. And that's what this is reminding me of. You know, even if you can make somebody smile for a few hours or if you like in these instances, you know, people in these situations where they can be brought joy in what we would think of as a really simple way. Mm -hmm. But how that can change, you know, you can change if you can change someone's outlook or perspective for a couple hours. You don't know what else that can do. Yeah, literally yeah. like right on my website. I have a quote at the bottom that says no act of kindness, no matter how small is ever wasted. And I think that really speaks to, you know, sent with love. Um, just oh, like absolutely. some other, if you guys want to hear them, but like some other reviews that I've loved or just, you know, little blurbs yes, that I've gotten. Um, you know, this one is we came across a basket of bouquets by the busway and took one what sunshine they bring to our lonely household. Um, which we started to do like little pop-ups around the city or just places, you know, that people might just be like struggling for the day. Like, you know, bus stops, they're stressful. Like what better way to, you know, wait for the bus yeah. and take home a bouquet of flowers, you know, put it on your dinner table. Um, I love that. I love it. Yeah. The pop-ups were also like great for COVID because there were so many people out like exercising or just like trying to get fresh air and just to come across that in such a time of, you know, unknown and despair, it yeah. really, it really helped. Anything else coming in to your mind about a specific, you know, interaction or anything from, from people that you've talked to? Um, I remember like, I forget, I think it was around a McDonald house, but I had walked into the, into the home and they were like, oh, someone, it's someone's lucky day. And I was like, no, it's, it's, they're for you. And they just <laughs> broke into tears. Like, you know, they just were almost like, couldn't believe that, you know, that these like beautiful flowers were going to be for them. And it was just a really cool experience. I love what you're doing. Um, I'm going to just keep saying it. I just love it. <laughs> I, but... <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I I'm do. like, forever grateful for my volunteers and the community but I this would not be possible without the people helping me I mean um you know Ellen's driving around the city at midnight and has had is super organized and it just makes such a difference to have also a great team to work with and people that are motivated to bring this happiness to Pittsburgh mm. 
And so also for our listeners, you know, we talked about those who may want to volunteer and help you bring happiness Mm -hmm. to Pittsburgh. Um, What about those who, you know, uh, upcoming brides or bridesmaids or anybody, um, but or for any event, and they know that they're going to have a whole bunch of flowers and they would love to, you know, keep them living on for a little bit. Um, How, you know, is it, uh, would they go to your website as well? And yeah, it's basically the same process. Um, process they go to the website and then we actually will send them a form that they will fill out and complete I do want to say at this point in time um, Sam with Love is an incorporated nonprofit, but it is not a 501c3 so okay it yeah the, it is a non-tax deductible organization so Wonderful. So, Tressa, along with that point, um, so people can reach yeah. out to Ascent with Love because they want to volunteer, get involved, whatever. So they'll use that same contact form to say, hey, Shannon, uh, I have flowers coming up. How can I donate them? Or say, hey, I want to volunteer. What can I do? Or we would love for organizations to contact Ascent with Love and say, we'd love to get flowers sometime. How can we take care of this? So we want all kinds of outreach to see what we can do, how we can be involved. And same as you brought up, um, if it's a guest of a wedding, somebody in the bridal party, somebody in the wedding party, whatever. I mean, I've, I've been the guest of a wedding and asked the bride, will you donate your flowers? My aunt is attending a wedding and I told her, ask the bride if she will donate the flowers. So there's hmm. always a way to just invite that opportunity. Yes, it's such good advice. I love it. And especially now, I know summertime, obviously big with weddings, but getting into early fall too. And so is this, you know, comes out in yeah, July Yeah, also, here. like, with everything that's been rescheduled from last year, it's definitely right. been, like, almost double what our normal intake would be. Wow. All right. We got to keep that moving. I've, I've just loved speaking with both of you, and <laughs> I want to thank you so much. And is, is there anything else you want to add? Um, no, I just really want to say thank you to, you know, the community and everyone that's been involved in this and helping it grow it's really been cool to see it kind of spread through different areas in Pittsburgh and I'd sent a little teaser email before just to make sure I didn't forget things um so we've taken flowers to a number of organizations that have been featured on Yins Are Good so that's pretty cool and I said earlier that we're looking we're looking for more organizations all the time just to say like, hey, we never heard of you before and we'd love to give you flowers because again, I was listening to one recently and I reached out to Tiffany at, what's it, Thrive, When She Thrives. When She Thrives. Yeah, so she told me that they're having their annual event. I think it's on Sunday, August 8th. And so I'll do the Trader Joe's pickup that day to take them to their event and we'll see what else comes up. But I just, again, really enjoy whatever ways that I can find new organizations through the podcast or just driving around saying, Oh, Hey, I wonder if they would enjoy receiving the flowers. Cause you don't know about it until someone just puts that idea in your head and see where you can take it from there. Absolutely. And you know, what's great is that I actually uh, give a shout out to when she threat to that event you're talking about on August 8th um, oh. in this episode. She's all Perfect. coming together. Yes. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, yeah, absolutely. So thank you. Thank you thank so you. much for having us. This is this is great. And I, I love getting the word out there. And, you know, this is awesome. Yeah, this is the perfect 
like connection to have people that are listening to this podcast that want to know about good things and here's a good thing or people that would want to receive the flowers. So it's just, it's all coming together. Hey, Don. Hey, Tressa. <laughs> how are you? Oh, just peachy keen. How are you this fine evening? Oh, I'm real good, as we say. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I do want to let uh, our audience, our, our listeners know that um, the audio uh, issues continue for this episode. Uh, but, you know, we're staying strong. So uh, for the first time... Don and I are in the same room while recording this. So I don't know what that what will happen. <laughs> or I you I will let you listeners know that I'm not looking at her because I don't want any uh facial clues as to uh what the potential answers might be. So I am looking in a completely opposite direction. And I am staring at him, so I would like to give you that visual. He is not looking at me, but I am staring very closely at his face. <sighs> Are you ready for this? I mean... As ready as I'll ever be. Hey, that's the truth. Well then, let's do it. Oh, the neighborhoods. <laughs> the helpful yeah, information to have. Yeah. The neighborhoods are Spring Hill. Ooh. Okay. And Swissvale. Okay. So Spring Hill, uh, is that in the north side? It is in the north side. Got it. Okay. All right, then. Let's do this. Number one. This neighborhood was home to Pittsburgh's first multi-family housing project backed by the Federal Housing Authority. It opened in 1959. Spring Hill. You got that right! Woohoo! You were on You were just on it. I, I, I sprung on it. Oh, Lord. Okay. Yeah. Indeed, Spring Hill. So, uh, yeah. Opened in 1959. And it was, it was called Spring Hill Gardens. So I couldn't give you the name of it there in the, in the <laughs> clue, of course. Um, and it also was racially integrated. And it housed 209 apartments. Also, I just wanted to add this in. Um, famed photographer Charles Teeny Harris. You may be familiar. Um, and of course, he was the preeminent photographer for the Pittsburgh Courier newspaper. Um, but he often photographed folks, uh, African-Americans, in those very apartments as part of his, you know, his huge collection of, you know, daily life for African-Americans in that area. But there are a lot of pictures with folks in those apartments themselves. Hmm. Wow. I do remember his photos uh, lining the walls of the lobby at Pittsburgh Playwrights Theater. Yes, that's right. Yep. Just amazing. Oh, yeah. Fascinating. Amazing pictures. Well, I'm you're you're one for one. I uh, yeah. I, I won't am. even comment more than that. Let's let's keep her rolling. Let's keep her rolling. And uh, listeners, now <laughs> my eyes are closed <laughs> in an effort to get my face closer to the microphone. Just continue. <laughs> I was just gonna say that. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, now I can't look at him because this will, I'll never get through this. Number two. During the Civil War, Mrs. William Haven lived in this neighborhood and she made daily trips to nearby Camp Copeland where the Union soldiers were drilled before being sent to the front. Swissvale? Wow! Yeah, Swissvale! Hmm. Huh. Would you like to learn more about that? I would. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, so, Mrs. Haven. It's funny, I actually couldn't find a first name for her anywhere, hmm. uh, but she was Mrs. William S. Haven. Uh, William. Does the S stand for Swiss? It it does not. Uh. Um, I like that though. I like where you're going there. Um, he owned the largest printing and stationery establishment west of Philadelphia, and he was one of the wealthiest men in all of Pittsburgh. But she, let's get back to her. Uh, so she would, at her own expense, travel to Camp Copeland, which is now uh, Braddockboro, every day and provide soldiers with home-cooked food. And she helped to nurse the sick and comfort those who were dying. And the Haven family actually came to be highly respected for their generosity, as well as for their patriotism. Huh. Yeah. You like to hear that. You do, yes. All right, we're just we're just gonna roll here. I, I think we should. <laughs> I'd like to open my eyes at some point. <laughs> Although I feel like my other senses have been heightened, so maybe that's why I'm more focused this week. See, maybe you're you've learned something mm-hmm. um, about your process. Number three. By 1808. 44 grain farms were operating in this neighborhood. Swissvale. Woohoo! It is Swissvale. <laughs> Keep those eyes closed. Because <laughs> it's working. Mm. Ah, yes. So let's talk about so 1808. Okay. We're going to go back in time a little bit, though, before then, to set this up. So we're talking American Revolution. Uh-huh. Um, actually, a gentleman by the name of William Pollock built and operated a grist mill in what is now Swissvale. Uh, but other farms didn't really start to come about until about 1800. And that is when, here it is, John Swisshelm. Swisshelm. There, huh? Mm-hmm. Bought Pollock's mill and he built himself a cabin. Now, here it is. John's wife, Jane, is the one who named the town Swissvale, taking Swiss from their last name, and Vale because the town overlooked the Mon River Valley. Now, by the way, she was awesome. Uh, She was a writer, a slavery abolitionist, and an underground railroad promoter. Hmm. So she was doing a lot, you know, and also named a town. (laughs) Um, but yes, yeah, so we're talking about this time, and then the Scots Irish started moving in, and they were uh, in search of good, you know, farming land. Mm-hmm. So that's how it built, and thus by 1808, 44 grain farms operating in the borough. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
number four. <laughs> Did you have more to say there? <laughs> nope, his eyes are still closed. I'm just trying to. I'm just. I'm just gonna power. power through. I'm just power through. It's just what I was about uh -huh. to say. Number four. <clears throat> The Working Men's Beneficial Union, a German cultural and union organization, was built in this neighborhood in 1880 and has recently been revitalized. <laughs> nice inflection at the end. Thank there. you. Thank Spring you. Hill. Well, look at you. You ju now you jumped on that one too. Yeah, is all I can say. Uh, you are correct. So, here we go. Let's talk about it. Let's. So, I did mention, of course, it was a German cultural and union organization. So, Germans were among those first immigrants to Spring Hill, and that would be from the 1850s through the 1920s. So, hence, this organization. And it was a true community center. It was built in 1880. It had a six-lane bowling alley. Uh, and in 1916, a ballroom was added. So mm. the WBU, as it's referred uh, to, lasted, it's referred as, it's referred to. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not a question. Is this, is this... Is this part of the, the, the test? <laughs> I have no idea. Is, this, um, is it, there a, a grammar section in this week's Name That Neighborhood? Uh, it's it referred to as... It's referred to <laughs> my God, I'm so sorry, everyone. Um, it lasted more than 100 years. It hosted weddings. Even insurance and mortgages were sold out of that building. Um, in addition to, of course, the bowling and the drinking. <laughs> That was there as well. Uh -huh. And it had one last bash on New Year's Eve 1999, and then it was shuttered. But Bill and Natasha Britton acquired the building in 2015, and it reopened in 2018, and it is now home to Spring Hill Brewing. Whoa. And there are also multiple event spaces available to rent. I hope so, they're still bowling. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I actually do not know that answer, but I'm mm. with you on that. That's yeah. easy enough to find out. So, yeah, how cool. That's very cool. Well, I mean, let's wrap it up here. There are five. We got one more. Oh, man. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. Notable people from this neighborhood include Billy Gardell, Frank Conrad, the creator of KDK Radio, Screenwriter Agnes Christine Johnston and Pittsburgh Pirate Dick Grote. Swiss fail. And with that, Don DiGiulio, you have returned to a perfect record. I, I, I want to thank the little people. Yeah. The folks that have gotten here today. Mm -hmm. uh, Sarah, take that. <laughs> and we're back his eyes are still closed by the way uh, -huh. uh well i i know it speaks for itself uh it does because i didn't have anything else left to say when you paused there <laughs> apparently waiting for a response from me but no no i'm gonna let my results speak for themselves that's this right. week that's right that's smart. technical difficulties out the window. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know? Yeah. 
You rose to the occasion. I mean, we did. Yeah. I want to thank you for joining me yet again. Of course. And uh, and every time's like the first time. Aww. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. That is going to do it for us here. Episode 25 of Yins Are Good. I am your host, Tressa Glover. And I really do appreciate you listening in. Thank you. Um, I look forward to our next episode together. I do want to thank again, Shannon and Ellen from Scent With Love, swlflowers.com. Please do consider reaching out and seeing how you can help. I know I will be doing so. And remember too, mention it to friends, loved ones. If you know there's some events coming up where flowers will be abundant uh, and you can help them live on for just a little longer and brighten people's days. So until next time, my friends, be safe, be kind, be good. Special thank yous to Katie Dement, Don DiGiulio, and for our most fabulous artwork, Mike Rubino. 